This is the Outback Way podcast, proudly sponsored by our HEMA Guidebook and Atlas. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. I am Helen Lewis. Buckle up as we take you on Australia's longest shortcut, a journey through the heart of Australia. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. Today's episode is all about the Queensland Border Opal Association and their Opal Festival, which they hold in Winton, usually in July. This year, in 2021, it is being held between the 9th and 10th of July. It actually goes just after the Vision Splendid Film Festival. So you may like to wrap up both events and hang around Winton for at least two weeks. The Opal Festival brings a whole heap of colour and flavour to Winton and it is a great opportunity to really talk to some characters who spend a lot of time going out and finding that magic piece of Opal. And so the podcast was recorded in 2018, but it certainly still is really current and relevant to the sentiment and the atmosphere that the festival brings to the town and well worth hanging around and enjoying the, this festival this year. I hope your season and your travels are going well and that you are enjoying your road trips. And uh, from us here at the Outback Way, we wish you a very safe and happy travels. And uh, remember, enjoy your journey through the heart of Australia. Thanks so much. So today I'm... I have the great pleasure of chatting to Alison Somerville, who is the Secretary of the Boulder Opal Association in Winton and is also from an opal mining family who lives at Winton. Welcome, Alison. Thank you for joining us. Good morning and thank you for having me. No problem. It's really interesting. And I know that in in Winton there are various uh, German opal shops and uh, it's a a fairly big part of uh, the Winton landscape. Um, I just really am interested to know um, how did you how did you come to be in Winton, but and also involved with the mining in the opal mining in general. How was how did that all come about? Okay, well it's 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 a bit of a long story, but basically my parents were a bit of adventurers. They started off in gold uh, back in the 70s, just fossicking around, and became involved in the opal industry out here. 100, they actually came from Longreach side and went out about 170 k's and, uh, to the little area around Virgemont Station and Mainside Stations, which are not far from the Opleton mining area. And yeah. they've been going there for the last 40 odd years. My mum still calls the camp out there beside a, a rock hole, her home, that she's been <laughs> going to and, um, she just loves it out there. And of course, those kids, we, spent school holidays out there visiting and over the years became more and more involved in it and it's just become a family business now. My brother and myself have taken over. Mum and Dad are, are getting a bit a bit too old to do it now but they still love being there and um, yeah, so I was sick of travelling. It was a long way to travel if you live on the coast to Winton and about 10 years ago I decided that it's time to move out here and be become a part of it all and uh, that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Well, that's great, Alison. And, of course, when you do that to a country town, if you move into a country town, and, of course, then there's an obligatory uh, role to play uh, in the community. So I gather I gather the uh, the Queensland Boulder Opal Association uh, <laughs> have grabbed you. <laughs> yes, yes. What, well, what's your uh, role with the association? Well, it, it's... 
when you go to meetings, which we, I always did, and um, I had a lot to say, let's put it that way. I always was opening my <laughs> mouth. So the lady well who was the secretary for 12 years said, I think it's time you took over, Alison. So uh, I was started, well, I meant to start off as treasurer and... Um, uh, but well, we had some problems. My partner had a severe stroke and I wasn't able to start. But uh, the lady mm. retired as secretary and I um, I was pushed into the job sort of willingly. And uh, this is I haven't even done a full year yet, so I'm still finding my way. But um, it's like all volunteer positions. It takes up a lot of your time. But when you're passionate about something, it just comes naturally. So uh, I love it. I love being involved with the people. I love fighting the fights that we have because we, as a, a small industry in a mining environment, we have a lot of, you know, difficult mining issues that we have to, to face and uh, native title issues and lots of those yeah. things. So uh, we get quite heavily involved in those things for the miners' sake as well. Yeah, that's, and I guess... Uh I guess uh, you know access to areas and um, and the ability to to yeah your tenements and all those things have to come into play, don't they? Uh, the the uh, mining tenure side of it, the mining claims and mining leases and exploratory permits, we come under the mm. same regulations as a coal mine or or any other large scale mine. So the paperwork mm. is just astronomical, and yeah, you know we're fighting desperately to keep. A small industry going, and the small industries, you know, the towns in Queensland that are affected by this, not just Winton, but Longreach and Cunnamulla, Quilpie and uh, those Yower, you know, the, all the Queensland mining towns, we all face the same problems. Is this, And like all regional towns, we're, you know, we have to fight to stay alive. And uh, yes, the that's right. don't always help us along much. So, you know, yeah, we're trying and it's interesting. to stay alive. Because your impact is so minimal compared to an open cut my coal mine. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. like in, you just think of it and you go, well, it's such a small, it's, it's such a very, it's a very benign activity you're, you're involved in, um, and um, and yet um, the conditions the same. And, and look, and I think with, there's parallels in various like agricultural sectors and all sorts of things yeah. when you know the big, the big, the big scale, you know, have the regulation. But the same regulation applies to people who are actually just not even doing, you know, a, a tiny. And you just think, well, why is that? You know, like there's this disconnect, isn't there? And it's, it's, it is frustrating for, um, for everyone involved. So, yeah, it'd be nice yeah. to actually get a little bit, um, you know, all that sort of, uh, sorted out at some point, wouldn't it? To make it a bit yeah. easier for everyone. Yeah. Mm. And, 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 and as you say, you know, it is actually really important for, for the smaller towns that do, do yes. really benefit from having yes. people coming and going and, and doing the, you know, doing their little bit of, um, mining here and there. So it's, I think that's, it's a, um, it's a strange coincidence that, uh, the, the opal mining industry around Winton has, at times when there's drought and difficult times for the farming communities, that the opal industry seems to come good. Um, you know, we yeah. have our times when the when it's very quiet and you know the buyers don't come and the industry's sort of flagging a bit and the cattle industry's good. So at the moment we're just having one of those where even though there's still dry times, the the cattle industry is good and the opal industry is good. So you yeah, know, we're both having a, a a relatively good time at the moment. Which yeah, is that's good for good. the town. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
And so mm. can you tell us a little bit more about um, how an opal is created? Because it's such a beautiful stone and, 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 and so diverse in its colours and, um, and, and every, every opal is unique. So I'm just wondering, you know, if you've got the layman's version of, uh, of how the opal is actually created in the rock. Well, I'm very pleased to hear you're, you're already converted to the boulder opal. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> I have various. Um, My grandmother loved them, so I have various yes, yes. opals. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I'm no uh, technical expert. I have a... Uh, my youngest son is a geologist and he, uh, he's got some explanations, but there's still conjecture on actually how it, how it all officially came together. But the boulder opal here in Queensland is, is a very unique formation, the Winton formation here. And it's the only gemstone, uh, in the world that is formed on the surface of the earth. Uh, there is some volcanic opal, uh, discovered in other countries, but the, uh, particularly the Queensland Opal is, fa- is formed on the surface. And it's basically a very shallow inland lake which over the millions of years dried up but left uh, a lot of um, matter like uh, shell and um, trees and fish and dinosaurs yeah. Yeah. and all of these sort of things. Yeah, so lots and of fossils, over the really. millions, oh yeah, we find a lot of fossils out here. So all of this yeah. matter is what basically creates opal. It's a silica base and um, over the millions of years the sediment forms on top of it and it's solidified and um, it's found within the actual um, layers uh, where there's clay and boulder. And it, it, yes. it, it's, so it's almost like together. the sap, it's almost like the sap of the plant, the silica of the plant. That yes, it yes. Has yes. Caused, caused the colour and then that just that, well, that well, the actual colour. Yeah, colour is, mm. is different. The colour uh, it's, it's a difficult one to explain because what we call potch opal, which is our sort of clear, uh, bluey, sort of clear stuff, is the most oh, yes. perfect opal. And what it is, it's spheres, uh, very small spheres laid down in layers. Um, however, the, all of this silica broke down and formed over the millions of years. So when it's all aligned, all these little spheres are lined up perfectly, you get no colour. What happens is when ah. it's a bit erratic and the spheres are a bit larger or smaller and they're out of shape and all of this, that is actually what creates the light refraction. So the, the pure opal is actually got no colour, but the other, um, when it's not. Oh, isn't quite, that interesting? So, yes. That's yes. very interesting. So yeah. When you look at yeah, it okay. under a, a microscope, it's quite um, yeah. different. But the uh, opal is one of those things where we're open cut miners, so uh, there is some uh, underground people here, but opal is one of the only gemstones where you can literally uh, be digging away, and all of a sudden there's a rock in the wall, and it breaks open on a seam of opal, and there it is. That is the most stunning. You know, people yeah. have fallen out of excavators trying to get to that colour in a hurry because it's it's so beautiful, so bright right there yeah. and you don't have to do anything to it you don't have to polish it no you, you just you can just cut it. it out of the yeah, you just cut it out don't you and you can set there's it. no heat Beautiful. treatment nothing that's it that's it. Mm. as brilliant as you'll ever see it that first second and it's quite the most stunning feeling to be holding mm. a rock that comes from ancient plant and, and animal matter 60 odd million years ago and you're the very first person to see that it is the most amazing feeling yeah I can really appreciate that yeah that's yes, extraordinary yes. Mm. it is so that's it quite is. wonderful 
So when we when we've taken it out of the uh, of the rock and we set it, so when people are looking, as you said, you know, a pure opal has actually got no colour. So that's that's fascinating. Um, well, the pot. But yeah, um, yeah. obviously, people really like the colour and the the glitz and the glitter um, within yes. the opal. So, what tips do you have for people to pick a, a quality opal? Well, there's, red is very rare. The, the, a proper red stone, uh, whatever the play of the spheres that create the red pattern, uh, the red mm. colour, is about 5% of all opals. So red is always yeah. the most valuable. And you'll, any shop that you go into or anywhere that you see opal for sale, if you see a red, it will always be the most expensive. The blue-greens, okay. the beautiful greens, um, they're the most common colours. To sell, they're the most commercially viable colours that you will see, and but yep. they're stunning. You can get the most stunning greens and and blue yes. greens and royal purples and all of those colours mixed up, and and they're they're beautiful. So like all gems, a, a pure gem is worth more. So a, a, a solid, what we call a solid boulder opal, so it will have ironstone uh, or sandstone on the back with a a, a a layer of opal on the top, which is naturally it's it's formed together, so it yeah. won't come off. Um, that is your most valuable stone, and red, of course, yeah. being your highest value. And then yeah. um, you know they then commercially they've gone to slicing opal into what we call doublets and then triplets. So a doublet is um, a very thin slice of opal um, adhered to an artificial back, and that's. That's a, a doublet, and then the triplet has a quartz or a dome over the top of the opal, and a thin slice of opal, and then a, an artificial back. So um, uh-huh. you know they're they're the three: you get your solid, your doublet, and your triplet. And of course, the, okay. the triplets are less valuable. The doublets are in between, and then your solids are the most valuable. Yeah, sure. Okay. And then it and, will be based uh, on your colour. Yeah, right. Does the bling factor come into it? Uh, yeah, of course, anything that's um, brighter. Uh, we, certainly, uh, we've had opal that shines in the dark. It's so good. So, you know, wow. yeah, you huh. can get some stunning, stunning pieces. We have what we call yeah. night stones that are better. You know, you can take them into the bright sunlight and they lose a little bit of their, their brightness. But uh, under, you know, under a fluorescent light, say, they're, they're different. Opals are just so beautiful. They, they, you can wear them in so many environments. And people will see it and go, wow, you know, that's shining this way or it's shining green. The other thing, yeah, of course, keeps changing. which I haven't, I haven't explained very well, um, is the play of colour, what we call the play of colour with opal. So mm-hmm. we get picture stones, we get patterns of colour, we get um, uh, all these different um, colour faces in opal. So there's um, what we call harlequin pattern, which is, squares of different colours that flash as you turn the stone it flashes different colours you know there's there's so many variations to opal it, it's very difficult to explain it in a in a very short time and the other thing yeah, no, that we have yeah. is not just with the boulder opal people um, people get a little bit confused and they say oh opal it's so expensive and this it's not um, what it is is they're always looking at the best of it in a, in a jewellery store what they need to do is come to places uh, like our festivals, and have a look at the variety of opal because we have all this other, um, you know, we'll call it lower grade, but it's the, the more wearable, 
we have mm. Matrix, which is one of the most beautiful stones. So many people love the Boulder Matrix because it has all the colours, but it's not yes. a solid opal. It's uh, it's like speckled through the stone. And yeah, can, and it's like the is it is that the milk opal? The milk opal has is, is like no, the no, white milk background. Opal is different. Yeah, that, that okay. The milk milk opal is more the um, Cupertini type opal. Um, yep. We don't get much of the milk opal here in. Okay. In, uh, All right. Just a different stuff. Yep. The, the okay. matrix, Sorry. Kingdom Boulder matrix, yeah, were... is stunning, and you can shape it any way you like. You can drill it and put leather, a piece of leather through it. You can oh, set it in mm. beautiful gold jewelry. You can do whatever you like with it. We've got we've got so there's so much creativity with opal, and and a lot of people until they actually come to something like a gem show or an opal trade show or something like that mm. and see the mm. variety and they're really quite blown away. Um, we've mm. got a, a lovely young lady here who's making all sorts of... Uh, she makes fascinators with pieces of opal and she makes... Oh, um, how wonderful. Yeah, and, and she's just one that's, you know, creating uh, carvings. You know, there's so many people that love to carve opal and they make stunning carvings and... You can do just yeah. about anything with a piece of opal, from a ring, a bracelet, pendant, yep. hat pieces. You know, it really is a very versatile gem. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, that, that's really um, well. Yeah, because it's, it's you, you you think that those sort of gems, you know, are quite fragile and precious and and oh, no. and uh, you know and and that, that this this is great. This is really interesting. Yeah, that it's so uh, it's, it's so robust. Where they get the, can, the um, you know, they talk about oh, you can't wear your opal in the water and you can't do this. They were for pe- people um, who bought the triplets and the doublets. If you get a sold, mm. like I'm not terribly good with jewelry. I'm a bit. Um, I'm a bit blase and I, you know, take it off and throw it down and, you know, I wear it everywhere. And I've got pieces that I've been wearing for years and years and years and, you know, they never, you know, you have to, you can't smash it on a on a piece of concrete or anything like that, of course. But, you know, they're much tougher than people take them for. And, you know, if you're wearing a, a doublet or a triplet, that's fine. It's got glue and it holds it together and... You know, you have to yes. be a little bit more careful with soapy water and hot water and things like that. But a, a solid opal, they are, they are amazing. They're, they're quite hard and they will take quite a lot before anything that's really <laughs> cracks them. Yeah. Well, that, that, yeah, that's, that's terrific. Oh, good. Well, I'm sure, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, you've enlightened, uh, enlightened me about the whole world of opals and that's, that's oh. been really, really interesting. Thank you. Thank you, Alison. I was just going to say, I wish more Australian women loved it because it's one of those gems. It is our national gemstone, and Australian yes. women are they're slowly coming around. But uh, yes. you know, most of our opal goes straight overseas to all our yeah. And so there is a there is a, a, a strong worldwide demand for the, for yes. our opal. Always has been. They they've yes. loved Australian opal from the very first yes. person who picked up a piece and took it overseas. They have they've craved it. And they still do. When when we have our our uh, market here, our trade show, our Opal Festival, we always have um, German, um, you know, European buyers, American buyers. The Japanese market was very strong. They're not quite yeah. um, quite so into it now. But the Chinese market is starting to take off. And and if they decide they really want our Opal, there'll be none left for Australia because they'll buy it all. But um, but we have a very strong overseas contingent comes every year to Winton to buy our Boulder Opal. 
that's good. And so tell us more about the Open Festival so we can get all the details and uh, and have uh, a, a good understanding of, of uh, when it is and, and what's on offer and how people can uh, connect with uh, the Open Festival in Winton. Okay. All right. Well, our Opal Festival is uh, commences check-in and registration is on the Thursday, the 12th of July, between 2 and 4 o'clock at the front of the North Gregory Hotel. Uh, come along and introduce yourself and uh, say hi and tell us you want to come along. The actual festival begins on Friday the 13th um, and it's in the main street of Winton, so we close the main street down and we have... Um, well, usually people just bring their youth, so you, or, or vehicle, whatever vehicle they've they've come in, and you can just park in the main street and set up whatever product you have. So you know we have all sorts of um, products turn up. We have everything from rough parcels. People turn up with buckets of rough uh, for people to buy, or large parcels. And there's also there's always jewellery. Um, and everybody. Everybody's very creative. They've, a lot of people have got different items, carvings and all sorts of things. And so we set up there in the main street and the rotunda. We have a lot of fun. We all talk. We all uh, exchange information and talk about where we're mining and what we're finding. And um, and we often buy and sell amongst ourselves, but uh, we always work. Yeah, that's great. Uh, okay. people to come a great along. sense of community. Mm. It is. It's our 25th anniversary this year so the actual mm. festival has been running for 25 years and uh, it's quite a celebration and the other thing we have of course with our festival is we have our jewellery design awards and this oh, wow. year with the opening of the Walsing Matilda Centre um, mm. we're hoping to have uh, access to a couple of cabinets there where the jewellery will be on display and then that is judged during the, the two-day event. And um, we have three categories in our Jewelry Design Awards. We have the um, the professional uh, jewellery section, Category 1, and the um, emerging jeweller. And then we also have um, an object section as well. And we encourage anyone to put in a piece, you know, for their first time. And it's, it's one of the few... Um, Jewelry Design Awards that actually has prize, so we have um, uh, quite a, a nice prize given, a monetary prize for the winners of the Jewelry Design Awards, and they can look at all this information on the QBOA uh, website. Excellent, yeah. righto. Well, we'll um, that's terrific. We'll we'll uh, put that up in the show notes for the uh, for people to have a look at the links and yeah. everything, so people can follow up. And, and get in touch with you. Um, and they can give you a call on, it's, uh, I've got a number, 4657. Double zero eight two. Yeah, that's good. Now, I am away mining uh, at Bush quite a bit, but I certainly get back to people as soon as I can if they leave a message and I'll get back to them. And the same with the email. So it's um, qboa at bigpond.com is our email address. And same thing, I'll get back to people as soon as I can. This year's Lovely. festival will be a lot of fun. We're, we've really got quite a lot of inquiries of people that are coming as um, traders and stall holders and uh, I think this year's going to be one of our best years. Yeah, no, that sounds, uh, it, it sounds like it's a great event. So thank you, Alison, so much for your time and for sharing um, and giving us a little insight into the world of um, opal mining and the, uh, the events of the Opal Festival in Winton coming up in the 13th and 14th of July. Terrific. Thank you so great much, to have Alice. you on the show.
Thank you for tuning in to the Outback Way podcast. The show notes will be on our website at outbackway.org.au. If you are enjoying our podcast, please leave us a review. And if you're really enjoying our podcast, you may like to become a contributor through our Outback Way store for $5. You can help with the production of our podcast. Please stay in touch. We'd really love to hear your stories. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Outback Way One. And finally, thanks to Perk Digital for producing our podcast, making your journey through the heart of Australia on Australia's longest shortcut easier. Please travel safely. The Outback Way podcast is all about your trip. We're really trying to make it easier for you and give you valuable information to make it more enjoyable. So we'd love your feedback. Send your questions, comments and travel stories to info at outbackway.org.au. And if you share your story, we may even feature you on this podcast. Thank you for joining us through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut. Cheers for now.